welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Hey, good morning, everyone. Great to see you today. I'm Pastor Rob, one of our teaching pastors, as well as our Muskego campus pastor, which I want to give a shout out to all those joining us in Muskego, as well as online. You can give a shout out with them too, right? Yeah. All right. Good to have everyone together. You know, I get the privilege of wrapping up the series that we've been in called 23 and Me. And you might be like, oh, I bet I know what that's about, right? Well, hopefully you've been here during it, and so you do. You might think right away, well, 23, well, that's obvious. It's 2023, yes, but there's a bigger deal to this. Did you know that each cell in our body has 23 pairs of chromosomes? How many of you knew that right there? Okay, those are all who listened real well to Pastor Guy when he told you that ahead of time, right? Either that or you're really into science. So another really cool thing about that is this, is that half of them come from your mother and half of them come from your father. And that gives us this maxim for this series, really, and that is two parts are required. Two parts are required. There's a lot of things in life like that, aren't there? Where it takes two. Anybody ever hear the saying? It's an older one, so many of you may not have. It takes two to tango. Anybody hear that? Okay, my mom used to say that to me, and she wasn't talking about my dancing skills or lack thereof, okay? She wasn't inviting me to dance either. What it was when I was tattling on my brother or sister, she was saying, you cannot just blame them for the problem. You share in the problem because it takes two to have an argument or a fight, right? Well, maybe you could try it with yourself. See, no, I guess you'd win all the time or lose all the time. I'm not sure which way that would go. But you know what? It also takes two to negotiate, to agree. And let's go really positive here. It takes two to have a relationship, doesn't it? Absolutely. And God wants a fulfilling, thriving, beautiful relationship with us. But it takes two. It takes both of us. In fact, we're gonna find that it takes more than just us and God as well. That's my desire for you, and so we're gonna talk about that a little bit today. It was also the desire of a guy by the name of the Apostle Paul. Anybody ever hear of him before? Okay, he wrote a majority of the New Testament, so we're gonna look at one of the books. Um, You'll find this several times, though, that Paul speaks this, but take your Bible and turn to the book of Colossians, okay? If you don't have a physical Bible, here's a great thing. If you've never done this, download the Bible app. You can use the QR code. That'll get you there, or if you just search in your your store there, um, you will find the Bible app. But even take time right now, if you've never done that, to download that. But go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter two. Colossians has a funny name, like much of the writings of Paul. And it wasn't so funny back then because it's a letter, an actual letter that he wrote to encourage people, and of all places, a place called Colossae, okay? Reason it sounds weird to us is because we don't live in that part of the world and because the city itself no longer exists, okay? But it was a real city with real people in a place that we would know as Turkey, That's where the location would be. So he's writing this. You'll find the letter in the portion of the Bible called the New Testament. In Colossians chapter two, and I just wanna look at two verses here. Verses six and seven. It says, 
So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Relationship with God. Where's the start? Right there. He just mentioned it. He starts it out with that very piece. He says, so then just as you received Jesus Christ as Lord. The beginning of a relationship with God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit starts with receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord. So here's my question for you. Have you? Have I what, right? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord? Has there ever been a time in your life, and when was that time, that you realized that you're a sinner in need of rescue and that Jesus is the rescuer? That because of what you've done in your life, you at some point, early on in fact, turned away from God and he wants you to turn back to him. And so what he did was he provided the sacrifice of his son Jesus, dying on a cross, shedding his blood so that you could be saved. Have you received Jesus? Because that's the starting point. That is the starting point of a relationship with God. And if you've never done that, I hope by the end of this service today that you will. And if you're still contemplating that, don't wait. Let today be the day that you receive him. But he's very clear that we receive him. There's a God part. He gives us the grace. There's the our part. We place our faith, our trust, our belief in him. But then he goes on in this passage here. And he says this. He says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, then what's the next phrase there? Can you say it with me? Continue to live your lives in him. Let's say that together. Continue to live your lives in him. Wow. What that means is this. Your relationship with Christ is a journey, not just a destination. You see, sometimes we treat a relationship with Jesus that once I have it, that's it. No more. And Paul's trying to straighten some out. That's a bad idea. You don't treat the beginning like the end, okay? You, you don't. It'd be like running a race and you messed up where the finish line was and you lost the race. We've all done it before, haven't we? We've done it in different scenarios of life. Have you ever missed an experience, a trip? Because all you could focus on was the destination. Anybody ever hear these words before? Are we there yet? You're focusing only on the destination, the final destination, and you're not taking in the joy of the journey. It's like fall, right? Man, oh, I gotta get there, I gotta get there. And then every once in a while, oh, those are pretty cool leaves out there, aren't they? Wow, maybe I should pay attention to that a little more, right? How about with education? Oh, if you mess that up, that could be horrific, right? Have you ever missed a lesson because you viewed it only as a grade? You're like, yeah, that's how I got through high school. <laughs> when I got to college, man, oh my goodness. <laughs> right? 
missed the lesson because all I could focus on, and I knew how to get the grade. I knew what it took. Yeah, cram, 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 then you dump, 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 cram and dump, cram and dump. Just get as much as you can in here until you can pass the test, that you can get the A and then, or the C, and then, you know, <laughs> you move on, right? And you miss it because your focus is not on the journey. With Jesus, it's a journey. Some translations even in this passage say it's a walk that we take with him. Our relationship with Jesus, though it's a starting point, it's not just a destination. It's a journey. You know you're treating your relationship with Jesus like a destination rather than a journey when you're satisfied with what God has done over what he's going to do. When all your stories, all your stories of Jesus working in your life were when you first met him, you know at that point you're focusing really on just the first meeting rather than the journey. You know you're treating your relationship with Jesus like a destination rather than a journey when you're glad you're saved so now you can live your life however you want. Are you kidding me? People actually do that? What? You know you're treating your relationship with Jesus like a destination rather than a journey when you feel you no longer need Jesus because he's already done all he needs to do in your life and you can take it from here. You ever felt that way? Anybody ever hear a confirmation? It's like a graduation from spirituality, isn't it? It's like, yep, I put in my time, man. I'm done. I'm done with that. It's not just the destination. It's not just, hey, I'm thankful I have Jesus because now I get to go to heaven. It's not. It's more than that. And that's why he says, I want this to be a beautiful, thriving relationship. But that means you're gonna have to continue to walk with me. Continue to be on a journey with me. You can't just say, you know what, I got you and that's good, I can put you in my pocket and I'll pull you out when I need you. It was never intended to be that way, and so Paul encourages us to continue, to continue to live our lives in him. And he says to be rooted, to be built up. Terms that help us understand this. If you wanna continue to grow, if you wanna continue to grow in your faith, you have to go deep. You have to have a good foundation, a strong foundation. So we're gonna talk about that foundation and what it takes in Fox River language, actually, because I think this will be very practical for each and every one of us, and I think it'll help us to remember it as well. But why do we need to go deep? Because storms come, problems happen, and God doesn't want our relationship to crumble when those things take place. The way we express this journey at Fox River is through what we call the discipleship pathway. Pathway because it's step by step, walking with Jesus. We call it our four G's. Our four G's, again, because it gives us some handles here. How do we continue to live in Christ, to follow him? We gather, we grow, we give, and we go. Would you say those with me? Gather, grow, give, and go. One more time. Gather, grow, give, and go. That's how we walk with Jesus. So let's take just a little bit of time on each and every one of these, okay? Gather, why? We need each other. Would you look at the person beside you, hopefully they're not a stranger to you, and would you say this, 
I need you. Go ahead. Okay, now I want you to look back at that person and say this. Ha, you need me. <laughs> we do. We need each other. That's the way God made us. He made us to gather together, to have community. We need each other. Hebrews chapter 10, beautiful passage. I did not appreciate this as much as I should have when someone first brought it up to me because I took it, as some of you might as well, I took it basically as a reprimand. But it's not intended to be that way. It's meant to be a caution. Hebrews chapter 10 Beginning in verse number 24. Look at what he says here. He says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. He says, look, we need people in our lives that will pull us towards Christ. We need, it's an actual need of ours. Here's the simple reason why. Because you will have so many things bombarding you that are trying to pull you away from Christ. You need to actually be intentional about surrounding yourself with people who will pull you towards him. How many know that Monday, how many know Sunday afternoon, well, how many know Sunday afternoon, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're going to have something that's going to try to pull you away from Christ? How many say, yep, I can see their face right now, okay? All right, get, get your boss's face out of your head, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. But you know there's something, and it's not always a person. It may be a substance of some sort. It may be, God, you want me to do this, and I, oh, I just, I, I, I'm afraid to. We know we're going to be bombarded multiple times, multiple times. And we need others surrounding us to spur us on, to encourage us to say, keep on going, don't quit, don't give up. Think about how many times just this week that that's already happened. And you've taken the time to gather, to hopefully be built up, to be rooted further into your faith so that you don't give up on it. One of the ways that happens is when we gather. Think about this. It has a ripple effect. Parents, it doesn't just affect your relationship with Christ because as your relationship with Christ goes for a long time at least, so goes your kids. If you stop gathering, why would they ever have a reason to? Why? You're giving them a reason not to. We need to gather because it has a ripple effect. Think about this. How many know someone who's given up on gathering? How many know someone like that? Yes. Have you thought about telling them how much you miss them? Have you? Have you thought about telling them, I need you. I need you in my life to help my faith grow. Now, here's the risk, and I realize. I realize this. Have you ever heard the term, you're preaching to the choir? Okay, I'm preaching to the choir right now, right? And some of you are like, why are you scolding me, man? I'm doing exactly what you're talking about. I'm here, I showed up, I'm gathering. I'm not trying to scold you. I'm throwing a caution flag out. Why do they put a caution flag out? Why? To warn, to help, to know there's one more lap left so you don't crash. 
That's why. And we need a caution flag that's put out that says, you won't realize this the first time that you say, ah, you know what, I don't need, I don't need other people in my life. Probably won't recognize it the first time. Maybe not even the second time. But you let that go on for a long time and you're gonna feel the effects of it. And so it is a caution that I'm giving you because I love you. And I know the ramifications when we give up. When we give up on gathering together. You know what? The weekend service is not the only time to do that. It's not. Gathering in groups, small groups, so important. Because that's where you get to have the conversations. That's when you find out how someone can encourage you personally. That's when you find out that other people are praying for you as well. It's a dynamic, unlike any other, where it grows our faith, it just ratchets it up. Our faith goes deeper, in fact, as a result of it as well. And I don't want you to just take my word for it. We got a guy in my small group, actually, that wanted to speak to this a little bit. So take a look at Tim's story. I never felt connected to the church. I went to church because I had to. I was the rebel child who, on Sunday mornings, was the last one downstairs. I'd come down in shorts and I had tennis shoes and a t-shirt. My parents, wonderful, amazing people. And growing up, they were very strong in their faith. They started the choir in church. They'd have you know groups over at the house. So once I went off to college, I was like, I don't, I no longer have to go to church. Then when I got married um, in 1991. You just, I did what you're supposed to do. We got married in the Catholic Church, went through the processes with a wonderful priest who married us. We just had three children. No question they came to us by the gift of God, the way they came into our lives, but didn't really recognize it at that, that way at that time. Boy, well, stepping stone moments for me was definitely the passing of my father. But when my dad died, uh, April 20th, 2001, the next day we're at his house and I said, I'll make a run just to go get lunch for everyone. Turn the radio on. And Neil Young's old man just started. I started bawling because I was really reflecting on how much my father really meant to me. And I really was a lot like him in so many ways. I'm like, all right, this is God speaking to me. I always believed in Jesus, at least I would say it. I became a believer on that day. Post my father's passing and trying to figure out where to now. You know, my wife and I, we started really trying to find the right church for us. Never really read the Bible. You hear a lot of talk about having a relationship with God. Um, didn't really know what that meant. Wanted one, I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> but I didn't know how to do it, where to go for it, who to look, I mean, and it's, it's, it's through the Word. It's in the Bible. And I never read the Bible. I first showed up here, and I've heard so many people say this, but they're wrong. Pastor Guy was just talking to me. I wonder how many can say, and you know, in some way, I've seen God work in my life or kind of bring things to pass that, you know, I look back now and just go like, wow, that's really something. Somehow the message was, this is where you belong. You know, it's, it's the come as you are. You know, there's our pastor up there in jeans and a t-shirt, you know, speaking to us. And he's married and he's talking about his kids. I'm like, that 
there's a connection there and, and how it relates the story in the Bible to such real life situations. And that's what I'm going through. Um, and you can just feel the reaction and people in the church that you know, are leaning in you know, to the message. It was actually two years ago this month that I joined a group because they were doing the Bless series. I, I was committed to the five weeks to do it, and I don't think I've missed five sessions. It's just an awesome group of, of men. And I didn't join to because I'm looking for more friends. <laughs> um, they've turned out to be brothers, right? But it's, it's, I joined because I wanted to understand where I was going with that. I wanted to make that transition from believer to follower. I journal every morning. I never journaled my entire life. You know, I followed a soap method, you know, scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And it just sets the tone for the day. That never would have happened without me joining a group. I today, I mean, I am on a faith. Well, I, my faith was not strong really until I was in the last couple of years. It's, it's had such an impact. I, I, I know I am um, more patient today than I ever was, a lot less judgmental. I turn to God now to fix things versus my own pride getting away and saying, I've got this. I don't have anything. We've got this. If as long as I, I know I have him on my, on my side. And I'll, I'll pray about so many, you know, for help so much more than I ever did. And they've, my friends have become my family. And I know that's God that's brought us together. And that's God working in me to make that happen. You join me in thanking Tim and thanking God for what he's doing in his life. Will you make it a priority, an actual priority to gather? You might be, again, why, why are you saying that? Would you make it a priority to meet together every single week? Maybe, come on. Isn't that overkill? Think about it. It's gotten a lot harder to gather, hasn't it? Not physically, but mentally. It has. Emotionally, it has. To say, look, I need to gather together. If you're once a month or if you're once a year, whatever, would you take that up a notch? Say, you know what? This is so important. It's so important to develop friendships and relationships with other believers that are going to help pull me towards Christ because I'm going to be pulled away from Christ. Would you join a group? Take it from big to small, where you can actually get to know people, get to know them to a place where your roots are gonna be deepened. We have hundreds of people right now, in fact, getting their roots deepened through groups, involvement in groups where they are having their faith grown as a result of it. It is so, so very important. Find out more. Come out to something called Next. That'll give you just an overview of what it's like to be connected that way in a group. You can stop by the table, you can go ahead and scan the QR code, find out more about next when that time is coming up here, but I encourage you to do that. It's an integral part to our faith journey, our walk with Christ, our living in him as well. Will you make it a priority? Another way we follow Christ is to grow. That shouldn't be odd, right? It's like to grow. But growth is hard. Let me ask you this. What positive change has occurred in your relationship with God over the past 30 days? Anything come just like that to mind? Man, 
What positive change in your relationship with God has taken place recently? Are you still growing? It's very easy to take a been there, done that type of attitude when we make it all about the intellectual. Have I learned something new today? Yes, sometimes it is about learning something new today. Sometimes it's about is there a new action that has been formed, a new habit that has been formed because God is continuing to grow me, to shape me into who he wants me to be. I have not arrived at that point. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Philippians 3, verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. That right there is growth. I have not arrived, so I press on. Would you say that with me? I have not arrived, so I press on. One more time. I have not arrived, so I press on. Growth. What does it look like? It's like riding a bicycle. You ever notice this? You get on and you start to move. Why? Because you pedal. So you get on the bike, you start to move, and at some point, you stop and you get off. But what happens if you stop and don't get off? Bad things happen. You fall off. We need to continue to grow. We need to be challenged in our faith. We need things in our lives that are pointed out, that God points out to us and says, hey, this needs to be an adjustment you need to make, and you need to make it now before it gets worse. We need to continue to have that commitment to growing. God has his part. He will continue to work in us. The Holy Spirit will continue to convict us, to show us things that need to change in our life. Our part needs to be committed to that, to change it, to live it out, to walk this walk as he intended for us. So, are you regularly reading your Bible? As you heard Tim say, he started journaling because he found that that was a very effective way to let those things sink deep into his heart. I'm wired that way too. I can't just read. I gotta write something down. I gotta reflect. I gotta have a conversation with God. Are you praying regularly? Are you hearing from God? Are you hearing in the quietness? I say, I don't have any quietness. That could be a problem. Are you taking and building habits into your life? There's one way we encourage, and it's a simple way to start. And that's use the Bible app. There's a verse of the day. It'd be just one verse even to start with. Maybe expand that into a chapter. Continue to read. Maybe as a family, get the Bible out as you have a routine. And we have routines that have been disrupted, I realize. But maybe you have that routine of sitting down at dinner together. And so before dinner, maybe you open up that Bible and read as a family. You pray together. Before you go to bed, whatever it may be, to spend that time continuing to grow, to know God more. Because he speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us when we pray as well. Every day I open up God's word with this anticipation that he's going to show me where we are going today. Where we are going today. And here's why I say that. Because I wake up in the morning with a desire of where I am going today. And I need to know, God, where are we going today? We all do. A third way we follow Christ is to give. It's to give. See, giving is the way that we put others before ourselves. And it's the way that we put God first. And it's a challenge to us. Very appropriately, 
God speaks when he says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. If you think about that just for a moment, you realize a couple things. You want to know where your heart is? Think about where you put your treasure. That will tell you exactly where it's at. It's an indicator of where your heart is. You say you value something, it'll show up. It'll show up by where your treasure is. It will. But here's the cool thing about it. Not only is it an indicator where your heart's already at, you can shape your heart with your treasure. You want your heart to change, then move your treasure. You want your heart to be for people, then move your treasure. You want your heart to be for God, then move your treasure. And your heart will follow along with it. We have a beautiful example of this that just took place yesterday. The gym was packed with people that were putting together meals. 100,000 meals. Isn't that crazy? That are going to be shipped off to children in Ecuador so they get the vitamins and nutrition that they need. We won't meet those children. Most of us won't have that opportunity. But we put someone else's needs before our own and we spent time and we also spent money to be able to do that. Our regular giving, our tithes and our offerings, that's a sacrifice that says, God, I trust you. Because think about how ludicrous this is, right? These are my thoughts. You may have never had them. I think I'll just hold on to this tightly because I earned it. And I forget who's the one who gave it to me. And if I hold on to it tightly, why would he give me any more? When the intent is to bless others with what I've been blessed with. That's a faith journey. And it takes trust to believe that that's the way it works. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6 tells us though. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Well, duh, because God's the one in control of all that. Whoever sows generously, though, will also reap generously. There's God's part, and there's my part. God will continue to bless. Will we be the blessing, the blessor? As he blesses us, as we bless others, he'll continue, and that grows our faith, that helps us to be living in Christ, to give. God was the first and the greatest of all givers when he gave his son, when he gave us life, and when he gave us eternal life as well. The fourth way we continue to follow Christ is to go. Our fourth G, would you say it with me? Go. The reason I have you say that, I probably should have said each one, because I want it to sink deep in your heart. As you heard, Our heart is people and our message is Jesus. And that message is meant to go from everyone who has received it to everyone who has yet to receive it. See, this is not just for pastors and missionaries. We're to take the good news. In fact, that word go really 
comes from Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. It's known as the Great Commission. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, don't miss this part, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is known as the Great Commission, and our mission at Fox River comes directly from it. Our heart is people, and our message is Jesus. And that word go actually means as you are going, meaning while you're at work, while you're at school, while you're at home, and while you're at play, go. As you are going, share the message of Jesus with those that are around you. Tell them about the good things God has done in your life. Tell them about who Jesus is. Don't just shove it down their throat. Have a conversation. Have a conversation of what God's doing in your life. We do that personally because you know people that I don't know, that I'll never know. And so God has chosen you to be the one to go to them and you've been sent. He sent every single one of us, if you've received it already, if you've received it, to take it to others, collectively as a church. Most recently, we did it through Light the Way. We continue to do it through Light the Way. And imagine this, what Light the Way gives us the opportunity to do. It allows us to, right here in Waukesha, as well as in Muskego, as well as online, and then at a new campus, North Waukesha, to be able to light the way for others to come to know Jesus, to have that message go out to them. I'd encourage you as we look forward to starting that new campus north side of Waukesha, there's going to be an informational meeting on November the 6th. In fact, you can find out more about that. If you go to the Light the Way tab, use the QR code, you'll find it there. Join Pastor Bill to find out more about how we can continue to spread the message of Jesus because we are to go. It's a place of walking with Jesus, of living out our faith. There are two parts. There are two parts to receiving Jesus. God's part, and God's part he's already done, but God's part in giving us grace by sending his son Jesus to pay for our sins. And then there's our part, to trust that he died for us and to place our faith in him to be saved. So I'm gonna throw that question out again. Have you, have you received Jesus? If not, that's your starting point because the relationship with God starts there. In a moment, we're gonna pray. I encourage you, if you've never trusted Christ, to do so today. Today needs to be the day, the start of your faith journey. Maybe you've already done that. There's also two parts to continuing to follow Jesus. God's part. Same thing, it's grace. God's part again, giving us the grace that we need each day. And our part, to continue following. Gather, to grow, to give, and to go. There's probably something in each one of those G's that's the next step for each and every one of us, but what's yours? Will you take it? As we pray, I wanna encourage you to talk to God about that next step, whatever it may be and ask him to help you have the strength to take that next step. Would you pray with me? Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you have yet to receive Jesus, you never have. You have not placed your faith, your trust in him. Would you do so right now? I'd be like, well, how do I do that? 
talk to him, pray to him, maybe a prayer like this. Dear God, I understand that my sin separated me from you, broke our relationship, but I'm trusting, I'm believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross. As he shed his blood, that blood became the payment for my sin. And I wanna receive Jesus right now as my Lord, as my savior. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you, would you just raise your hand saying, I'm trusting Jesus today. Today begins my relationship with him. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Online, indicate it as well. If you'd let the chat host know that you're trusting Christ today, your relationship with him is beginning today. Lord God, we praise you. We thank you for being a good God who doesn't just want to start a relationship with us, but wants to continue to flourish, to be a beautiful, thriving relationship. Help us not to treat it as the end, Lord, but the beginning of just a wonderful, wonderful walk with you. For this, we praise you. We thank you. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray. And everyone in agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.